Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another weekly wrap-up of The Yacking Show. And this is for the week ending 23rd of February, 2024. Can you believe February almost done already? Ten months till Christmas. What a <laughs> thought, Kathleen. How are you today? <laughs> I was better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I'm doing great, Peter. Thanks. And uh, a quick uh, word for our listeners in other parts of the world, particularly those of you in Australia and South Africa enjoying your summer. We are heading for another cold day on Saturday with a minus 12 in the morning, but we'll be up to plus 13, I think it is, on Tuesday next week. So we have some weird and wonderful weather in this part of the world. But we're not here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about what happened on the yakking show this week. So let's tell you who we had. On Tuesday, we published an episode with Nadine Rajay from New Zealand, and she is a educator, a writer, and a counsellor for parents of brilliant teens or high-performing teenagers, and she was really interesting. So if any of you have, uh, we all think our kids are gifted. I've been there as well, and then when they get to 30 and 40, we realize they perhaps not we weren't so gifted, but it's a common, a common failing of most parents. We th- <laughs> Sorry about that, my kids, but... It's a common failing of most parents that we we always think our kids are special, and they are to us and, and to many other people. But it's a fact that some children learn quicker than others, and some are going to attain better academic heights than others. So Nadine had a whole lot of ideas for parents who perhaps can't afford to take their children out of the regular conventional school system, what you can do to help your kids learn at their own level and their own speed. And I think her advice is also very valuable for all parents with children at school. So that's a good one. Have a look at that episode. And then today we published, we released another one of our premium episodes. And this one is with Jim Marshall on the science of septemics, which is the study of human phenomena. And he has eight scales by which you can assess how people react in situations. And it's it's, it's a little technical, but he explains it very well. I'm not going to try and explain it to you. So watch that video. If you're interested in human dynamics, human interaction, why we react as we do in certain situations, I'd strongly suggest you have a look at that episode. And sorry, Kathleen, I didn't even stop long enough for you to comment on Nadine's episode. Have you got something to add then? No, keep going. (laughs) Okay. So who's coming next week? Next week we have a very interesting episode again with Douglas Marshall. And uh, he is talking about substance called elastrin, which is a vital component of our bodies. And it, with collagen, it forms a sort of uh, structure of our tissues. And as we age, we lose the elastrin. And this is why our skin gets dry and tough and not mobile, not uh, flexible. Uh, it can be reversed. He also has a lot to say about longevity and aging. Very inter- interesting episode coming up on Tuesday. And then next Thursday, we have part two of Jim Marshall's uh, episode on septemics, where he talks about another of the eight scales of evaluating human phenomena. That's what's coming up next week. We've got a couple of health tips, but Kathleen, do you want to talk about your cat? Was it your feline fact for our cat owners? Oh, yes, of course. For those of you who love felines, um, just a little tidbit here. In 2014, in southern France, a cat named Meatball saved the lives of 11 people by scratching at the door to the attic where a house fire was starting. Grateful neighbors chipped in for a year's worth of treats for the heroic kitty. I think they should have sprung for the rest of his life for saving their life, but that's just me. (laughs) 
So we, you start with your health tip and then I'll carry on with my one afterwards. Well, can you believe, Peter, that Dr. Morris has uh, placed the interview that we did with him back in, uh, that was published just last month in January. He posted it, published it on his internet TV channel. And yeah. we are now over 16,000 views of that. Wow, interview. over 16,000. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely incredible. And we're so grateful to all of you who've watched it because there's so much to learn from that interview, isn't there? Like it was just absolutely an hour and a half just went by so quickly because it was just jam-packed full of interesting information. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if I can just jump in, that, sure. that video is available on our normal Yakking Show channel, mm -hmm. on our Harmony YouTube, on YouTube, our Harmony channel on YouTube. And of course, it's on our website. You'll find it on there. And then, as Kathleen said, it's on the Dr. Morse website. Right. Carry on. Well, as if you tuned in, if you tuned in last week to our wrap up, I was talking about Alzheimer's disease and and how it can be reversed by, uh, you know, or brought on by just certain things that you're exposed to. Well, today I want to just bring that discussion to another level, actually. And it's an article that was published by what was his name? Adam Lacan. Adam Lacan. Yeah. And we're going to put a link to that article below this video, aren't we'll we? Put it but here's sure. what he had to say, ways to reverse Alzheimer's disease. He discovered at least 37 pathways to the Alzheimer's response. Um, and what he discovered uh, was that the pathways affecting a particular person are discovered and then remedied. And he says the brain is either in a growing mode or in a shrinking mode. A various uh, And various discoverable, discoverable factors can tip the scale in one direction or the other, he says. For example, if the protective response of Alzheimer's is being caused by mycotoxins, uh, these are toxins, for instance, from like black mold, the black mold exposure can be eliminated, which stops the protective response and the scale is tipped back to the other way. So that, the, in other words, the brain begins to grow again. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to say that there are many different kinds of toxins that can cause the brain to respond with an Alzheimer's symptoms. For instance, mercury in the teeth, uh, chemical exposures at work, pollutants in the drinking water, Peter. Can you believe that? Mm. Um, and then, of course, you can then eliminate or reduce the toxic load you're exposed to. And when you do, again, the brain begins to recover. And then sometimes the Alzheimer's response is being caused by a deficiency such as B1 deficiency or vitamin D. And again, as soon as you start supplementing with those, with those, those um, vitamins, your brain restores. So um, another big assault on the brain, of course, is inflammation and systemic inflammation. And that means, you know, you have to be checked out, find out where this inflammation is, is uh, caused by. And then again, it can be reversed, which is remarkable because so often we think, you know, when we think of Alzheimer's disease, we think it's, it's a permanent, a permanent condition. That's right. That's right. You know, it's, it's really interesting <clears throat> that the brain shuts down things at parts that are not required. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking to an, another episode we recorded last week with her name was Yana Barrett, 
who will her episode will be published, I think, in March. And she's a physical strength trainer. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about osteoporosis with her. And she says, well, it's logical that the brain detects that, say, a woman is not lifting anything. So why does it need to make strong bones if she's not lifting anything, right? And um, <clears throat> And I think this is a similar... One of the clever things our bodies do is that they recognize when something is not needed. And well, why why send nutrients to it? Let it, let it uh, take a back seat for a while until it is needed. And the same with muscles, right? If you don't use muscles, they sure. atrophy. So, well, it's just if, like hearing, right? Uh, they they yeah. say that people that have um, difficulty with hearing um, can develop dementias because it's. Sorry, sorry, what was that you were saying? <laughs> I have difficulty with my hearing, but I can hear Kathleen perfectly. Yeah, so it's it's quite incredible, and it's I think it's it's really gratifying to hear that that Alzheimer's can in fact be reversed. Yeah. So as Kathleen said, we'll put a link in in the description and in our newsletter, and I think in the same article he mentions a book about it. We'll put a link to that book in there, so that if anyone's worried that they're not using some parts of their brain, they can look at the book. And on that one, Kathleen put me onto something the other day that helps me exercise a different part of my brain, and that's a little game that you can play on a phone or a tablet. What's it called, Kathleen? Yes, it's called Flow, and it's all about connecting the dots. Yes. And although it sounds very simple, there, and you know what? It takes you through all these levels, and it, it's actually quite difficult. But boy, does it exercises it exercises your brain. It really does. Oh, absolutely. I'm finding it really interesting, but also uh, addictive. And I have to be very careful not to spend too many hours on it. <laughs> anyway, it's, I justify it by saying it's exercising brain. The health article I found very interesting this week was called, and this is from Epoch Health. It's called "Light Matters: The Simple Morning Ritual That You Could That Could Transform Your Health," and it explores the profound health benefits of a daily sunrise and sunset ritual. I'm not going to read the whole article again. We'll put a link in below here and put it in the newsletter. But what it's saying is the the soft light in the morning and that you're getting infrared light in the morning has some very beneficial aspects for your overall health and in your skin, your eyes, your energy, and the same in the evening. And it says, ideally, you should try and get outside for a few minutes each day within five minutes of sunrise and sunset, which I do. Uh, not so much in winter. I'm normally home from my walk before the sun's up, but it's just starting to come over the horizon now. It goes on to say that it's the other reason for morning exposing ourselves to morning sunlight is it sets our circadian rhythm for the day. And being in the Northern Hemisphere, our days get short in winter, and that can upset our circadian rhythm. So mm -hmm. if we get outside in the sun and, and out of artificial light, it's really good for us. So mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of other benefits. I found that article very, very interesting. Well, speaking of but, the sun, Peter, speaking of the mm -hmm. sun, you mentioned to me, you made a comment the other day about because you you are originally from the southern hemisphere, that the sun in the southern hemisphere feels different than it does oh, yeah. in the northern hemisphere. Can you explain yeah. that? Because I found that to be inter an interesting comment. There's a couple of aspects to that it moves. Uh, I, I lived in the tropics, so it doesn't deviate much from overhead, right? Not nowhere near as much as it does here. But it still follows a different path in the sky to to here. And even after 20 years in Canada, I still find. I'm expecting the sun to be there in the west 
uh, in winter, but it's not. It's over there. The, the deviation is huge. So that's one aspect. And I think it's something to do with a different angle of the sun hitting your body that makes it feel different to me. The other aspect, of course, is humidity. Where I lived in Southern Africa, it was very dry. We had very low humidity. So that I found the high temperatures e dry in dry climate easier to tolerate. I could not feel uncomfortable at 40 degrees there, mm -hmm. whereas here at 30, 33, 34, I'm feeling it in summer when it's very humid. So mm -hmm. that's some of the differences. But I want to make a comment about thinking about your Alzheimer's um, article yes. that when I lived in Africa amongst black people, many tribal people, farm workers, and even amongst Europeans, Alzheimer's, I wouldn't say it was unknown, but it was it was very uncommon. There were very few people showing symptoms of Alzheimer's. And I put that down to the fact that we were exposed to far less toxins, far fewer toxins and pollution than we are here in the I developed mean, world. Mm -hmm. And and certainly amongst tribal black Africans who had no access to fast foods and um, worked hard physically, walked a long way, didn't have TV, Mm -hmm. Many of them lived to their 80s without getting any any signs of Alzheimer's. So wow. it sort of carry, it bears out what was said in that article. Let's talk about uh, – no, we talked about who's coming next week. Um, one other thing that I found – I've got a warped sense of humor, and uh, I, the woke people won't like me saying this, but I read with some glee that some mines that are producing materials for electric – or batteries for electric vehicles are closing down because of the falling demand for electric vehicles. There's a couple of cadmium mines and nickel mines. And not only are some closing, one in Australia, one in South America, but some of the big mining houses are putting uh, proposed developments on hold and they're not going forward because they say, uh, you don't see this much in the mainstream media, but um, Ford have stopped production of their Lightning F-150 Lightning pickup. And apparently car lots in the States are full. Uh, their inventory is over the top with electric vehicles that people are not buying. And we know from winter that uh, people have had problems with electric vehicles in Canada. Not that I'm knocking, I think hybrids are a really good idea, especially for cities, but the whole idea that all vehicles can be replaced by electric, I think is a little bit far-fetched. Anyway, that's just my little dig at that side of the things right. for, the, for this week. What's your thoughts, Kesley? Well, well um, yeah. I, <laughs> well, I think we were pretty much um, on board with the same, with the same thinking actually, Peter. So I'll leave yeah. it there. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to? I think, <clears throat> I think so. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, we invite you to visit us at yakkingshow.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. And we'd love to hear from you. So until next week, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye.